Disclaimer alert. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our very first episode, the Intern Support Group edition of our Sea of Change podcast series. Woo! This is post-production Joan here making an appearance. I just wanted to let you guys know that when we were recording this episode, we were experiencing some audio and tech difficulties, particularly with mine and Shahir's mics. Uh, hence, uh, you guys might not be able to listen to our voices very clearly. I will do my best to save whatever I can in terms of our audio footage and increase Shahir's mic volume as much as I can. But do expect post-production Joan to be making a few appearances throughout the episode just to give you guys a clear idea of what was said or to reiterate what was said in the episode that you guys might not be able to hear. We are very, very sorry for the inconvenience caused to you guys. KCL Asian Society only ever wants to give our listeners the best quality, whether it be in content or audio quality. So we're so sorry about that. Please continue supporting us. Thank you for showering us with so much love and support in the past few weeks. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and see you guys later. Everybody, welcome back to yet another episode from the Sea of Change podcast series brought to you by the KCL ASEAN Society. So I'm Nurul, I'm co-hosting with Joan today and we are going to be talking to two interns uh, who did their internship throughout their summer. So the two interns that we have with us today worked in um, different sectors. Uh, so one worked in a corporate legal firm, whereas the other worked in a legal NGO company. So in that sense, they have very different uh, experiences and stories to bring to the table today. Now, just a heads up, we will not be revealing where we worked as interns for the purpose of concealing and protecting the identities of our superiors as well as the identity of the company in question. And also out of respect for the companies and organizations that we worked with and learned so much from. So without further ado, here are the introductions of both our guests, Nazira and Shahir. Hi, my name is Nazira. I'm a penultimate year law student in Durham and I'm going to my final year. And I'm born and raised in KL. Hi, my name is Shahir. I am a first year law student at Queen Mary University of London and I'm going to my second year. And I am from Gomba. Now, it was at this moment where I realized I f***ed up with the actual recording process. But it's okay, moving forward on a podcast series. Post-production, Joan would just like to thank our guest, Shahir Nazira, for being on this podcast with us and telling us how they got their internships, which um, is starkingly different from mine. Now, to keep a long story short, here is Nurul's summary of my internship experience for you guys. Wait, wait, so, so, it, so it's unpaid, you paid for it, it is disorganized. <laughs> But it's still a great experience. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what about you, Shahir and Nazira, who has paid internships? Uh, well, <laughs> personally, nothing that exciting. I just googled online best law firms in Malaysia, and I just like applied to the top three ones. I don't know about you, Shahir. What did you do? 
Well, as for me, uh, I think I had, I think most of us would have been going through a similar situation where we felt like the peer pressure kicking in and all that. So after my exams, this was somewhere in June, I think, uh, I decided to apply instead of some corporate law firm, I decided to try something different, which was uh, what I had in mind was some NGOs. And I looked at a couple and a few legal NGOs that came up was the one that I finally decided to internet. Oh, okay. I find that like you guys were pretty intentional in looking for internships, right? I'm just wondering if while you were applying or while you were like looking for internships, was there any sort of personal thoughts that held you back or expectations, stigmas maybe on the industry that you had to like kind of overcome to take that first step? Mm. To apply, right? Yeah, yeah, to apply. Well, definitely for law firms, I don't know about you, Shai, but I know for law firms personally, there's this fear culture going on that I heard of from my friends. So like before I applied, I was quite hesitant whether I wanted to go through the stress of like getting scolded at 24-7 by a lot by a, like a partner and all but I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case though so I'm happy I took that leap of faith I would say I don't know oh, what about you Shire? well I think as for me uh, what I had in mind was that I didn't want to try to disprove the fact that that culture is there in these corporate law firms so that's why I try to reduce my time in those law firms by actually applying for an NGO instead and mm-hmm. yeah but I would say Having heard from Nazira's experience, I would say that probably that culture isn't that bad here in Malaysia. Yeah, definitely. You know, speaking of like work culture and stuff like that, were there any transferable skills that you've acquired or you thought that like, you know, actually helped with? But Being you. <laughs> <laughs> one thing helped you. One thing about working in a law firm is that you have to go through a lot of contracts and I think you can agree with me this, Shahir. Definitely. And like, so I think one, one necessary skill that you need to go into a law firm is definitely you have to have a good command in Microsoft Word definitely Um, but then when I was in the law firm like one like one skill I acquired was to be more flexible with my time because like I've um, being being in a law firm you have so many departments and so many departments need your help Mm -hmm. so you need to like divide yourself essentially to help these other departments as well so is that like time management as well yeah it's it also touches about a bit about time management as well well i think it's a bit different for my ngo because i, be, I mean comparative comparatively speaking uh our ngo is a bit smaller so what that means is that everything would be pretty much hands-on because in a sense everyone would be involved with a little bit of everything and i think yeah of course the takeaway at the end of the day is also the importance of time management and having to be able to multitask but yeah i think there's a pretty evident cul- uh, difference in the culture between ngos or relatively smaller firms compared to the bigger corporate ones i love that you like mentioned different tasks that you guys were involved in or what you had to do throughout and i think personally especially got gone through my internship experience the thing that i'm most grateful uh, that I learned was like how to write with clarity before I came in I didn't even like think that was important at first but you know how sometimes when you write meeting minutes for example or when you just take notes mm-hmm. you just write bullet points that only you understand mm-hmm. now I understand like the feed, the the need of Every time you write something, you have to think about, oh, like, will another person reading this understand it as well? So in that sense, what do I have to, like, add in just to, like, be more elaborate and clear, not only, like, verbally, but also on paper? So I think that's, like, the, that, I think that's, like, the transferable skill that I think I personally got that, yeah, like, in terms of communication through paper, through writing, definitely has to be more clear and elaborate. Effective communication doesn't just, 
like mean verbal uh, interactions. True. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. But like, okay, so this is obviously things that you acquired going through the process, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you know done some stupid things. <laughs> you've done some great things <laughs> as well. This is wondering, like, I guess that throughout the learning process, just to make it more a more humane experience, what was like the dumbest mistake you've ever done? I actually have two dumbest mistakes. <laughs> I, love, I, I love how you categorize that. In my mind, I have two. Categorize. Yeah. So you know how like people people are always saying that you have to double check your emails before you send it off to mm-hmm. your boss slash your client. Well, yeah, I always had that in mind, but I didn't think it would happen to me, but it did. So <laughs> I sent the wrong email to my boss. Oh no! So he was so mad at me because we had a client's meeting like at one, and I sent that email at twelve forty-five, and he did it that email like to advise the client. So I gave him the wrong like legal advice okay. in the email. Okay. So I was like, and he gave me a really scary phone call after that. I was like, no, 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 no. Why did you send me the wrong email? And he just hung up the phone after that. I was like, I'm like, myself so bad right now. Yeah, we'll just beep it out. Yeah, my yeah. second my second incident was um I was at a client's office mm-hmm. and this client was uh, this like really big GLC so they had a lot of security going to their office so I I needed like three different access cards to get into the room I needed to be in. Jeez, okay. So um one day we went to go for lunch and I f- I left the access card outside the door and to get outside the door I needed the access card. Oh no. So my my colleagues needed to like go all the way up through all the other doors just to fetch me because I left that one card outside the door. It's a bit inefficient though. Did <laughs> 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 it not happen to anybody else? I mean, like the building that wasn't like made yesterday, right? I'm yeah. sure it's a it's a risk they're willing to take. Three access cards? Why not make it four? <laughs> you love it. <laughs> Anything for that security. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Shay? I'm pretty sure you have a lot um. more than me. <laughs> I'm just gonna categorize it. I think I also have two dumbest mistakes. Uh, the first one, picking on to Shifak's point earlier regarding clarity in communications, right? And you know how we usually have bullet points in our note taking. So there was this one time where we had a client come in, and I was the one who was in charge of that certain file. So I was the one who was responsible for the note taking in that sense. Yeah. Oh, no. And <laughs> at that time, because uh, I didn't want to bring my laptop into the room, which was a mistake, so I only brought a notebook. And I was a hundred percent confident in my own handwriting, so I started writing down, you know, really a really great story and all that. I thought I had it all in mind, but then we also had two other clients that day, so you know, after a while things got pretty me- uh, pretty messed up in my head. So at the end of the day, when we wanted to update those files, and I reopened my notes, and <laughs> you couldn't read your you know own. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't read. I couldn't read my own handwriting. So yeah, I gotta work on that clarity thing. You know. Does it not happen to all of us during lectures, though? Yeah. <laughs> First week. First week of lectures. Oh yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Oh my god. Writing? Yeah, yeah. No, but then like now that you mentioned it, now I'm like more appreciative to the fact that I learned that skill because it be useful in lectures. Wasn't something that come came to mind. Well, okay. Like, but for me, like the this most like stupidest mistake I've ever done was like okay. So like 
like I was talking to like two board of directors of my the company I work in. So they were like, okay, so how's your internship? What did you learn? So I wanted to say like what I mean is like oh like I learned so much even if you like stay in the office and not do anything, just watch people. Like work, you can learn so much about how people communicate and like be thoughtful and mindful of each other. That's what you meant. That's what I meant. What came, what came across, what came across was I don't do anything and I just watch people work. <laughs> so they were like looking at each other like, should we, should we pay her? <laughs> should we concerned? Yeah, like, does she, does she not do anything? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I'm like especially curious because Joan is doing a remote internship, and you've mm. never physically met your like su- like superiors or and you're not even in the same time zone, right? Yeah. How do you navigate through it? So I'm doing a remote internship, so that means everyone's in a different time zone, everyone's in a different continent altogether, which is which can be kind of hard to communicate with, especially. But what I do is I definitely have to like communicate with with the founder of the NGO like really effectively, and then after that she has to introduce me to like different people and tell me where they kind of are, so that I kind of have an idea of what the time zone is. And honestly, I quite enjoy the working culture doing a remote internship because I get to work with these people who live in like say I don't know New York, Fr- France, or. Where else? Like maybe one once Russian. <laughs> it's the diversity for me. <laughs> it's the culture for me. Period. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, like the working culture. I, I keep repeating the word working culture. Because uh, it's literally your job to get into the next section. <laughs> Like, get into working culture (laughs) I mean, it's definitely like this expectation versus reality thing going on with working culture Because for me, um, when I started this remote internship I thought it was going to be like um, a a little bit more intense and everything But because um, I stay in a different time zone altogether from like my either European or American um, superiors so they don't expect too much from me, which I'm quite grateful for. So, yeah, so like um, the reality of my internship is that I don't have to do as much work as I would have thought I would have to do. Well, that's the like opposite for me because I kind of expect it to be like tossed into a lot of admin work, especially mm-hmm. in a corporate law firm. Mm-hmm. I heard my friends were like doing a lot of like photocopying, <laughs> a lot of binding, a lot of like admin work, like basically. Yeah. But like, I think I was pleasantly surprised that I had to, well, I was given a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. as an intern, although I didn't have much um, experience. So yeah, I was very happy about that. It's the experience for me, Shifa. Period. <laughs> 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 I love it. But it's so different. I feel like, I don't know, like because Nazira's background is very in corporate legal like firms you know I wonder how it's like in like NGO legal firms is it any different is it as you know I don't know it's not rigid like, but it's definitely more formal right yeah definitely yeah. I would say so yeah how, how was your experience like well as for my NGO I think uh, the main difference between like an NGO and a corporate law firm or any corporation of that matter is that aspect of profit taking uh, and having having said that, when we are working in an NGO, it's because I think everyone is really true to the cause and everyone is passionate about the work that they're doing. So in that sense, the working culture is a lot, I would say, less rigid. Uh, so yeah, the working culture in that sense, 
when you're actually passionate about the things that you're working for, I think it's actually not a hassle at all because everyone is so, like I said, passionate to the cause. So yeah. of course, there's always going to be admin work wherever you work at. But yeah, I don't think that's actually a downside because admin wor- administrative skills is pretty essential. I think. That that oh. I mean yeah to an extent. Oh, admin work is definitely important. Like yeah. organize and structure the mm-hmm. whole. Uh, it's the you know, of the it's, the, it's the backbone. Yes, yeah. love it. So like after like you like shared about you know all these things that you've done very important things very dumb things as well sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm wondering how the like delegation process works like how do you get your tasks and like how was the what was the system you worked on did you know your what you had to do firsthand or were you given them on a daily basis and mm-hmm. in that sense how how did that like form like a structure of how you worked with your manager or your supervisor I mean uh, usually interns have like one manager, right? Mm-hmm, like yeah. some someone who looks after them, like yeah. So I definitely had that as well. Mm-hmm. I loved my experience. I think my manager was very intentional on focusing <clears throat> on my personal and professional growth as well. But my manager definitely went out of his way to help me out with the things I'm struggling with. Definitely kept me like definitely was very intentional with making me grow and learn and therefore he kind of gave me tasks that not only he would he knew I could do but also knew that I had to experience to learn so I really appreciate that about him and it was so encouraging and yeah I think he has helped me in more ways than just task oriented yeah yeah definitely he like I think even just observing him and working with him Mm -hmm. was such a learning experience for me in, in in that sense as well We have like we, In terms of how we interact We have this Weekly check-ins Like every week To just see like Oh how am I doing Is What are your successes What are your challenges And how did you overcome that I wish someone Checked up on me that <laughs> <laughs> You need a boyfriend man. Yeah you need to You need to You, you need to intern Where I did this 10 over 10 <laughs> But then, like, he was very intentional. So, during these check-ins, he would, like, tell me, uh, like, talk about, like, what I did for the past week. Like, these are the tasks that, for you, in the next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how I got my tasks. That's how I interacted with my manager. And that is the focus areas that he intentionally, like, focused on. Focus areas that he intentionally focused on. I love it. I love English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, those are probably the three key things that I, uh, like, I would want to know. How is your relationship with your manager? Uh, what is the system of delegating tasks? And what is the focused sort of areas throughout your internship that you worked on? Like your areas of development that you can consciously feel that you were trying to improve on? Mm. These are deep questions, Shiva. I love it. <laughs> I love Z. I love Z. You need some time. Yeah, man. Well, I would say like for me personally, like I hate hierarchy. Mm. So like, um, and plus working in a law firm, like especially for, for like personally for me, I didn't have one specific supervisor because I was tossed around in different departments also because yeah. I was rotated, right? So, um, like, it depends on the work I get as well. Like, if the work was given by a partner, then I would just report straight to the partner. I wouldn't have to go to another, like, associate or something. Mm-hmm. But if I got the job from an associate, obviously I would, re- re- like, refer to the associate. Like, I wouldn't go through so many steps and so many levels just to get my answer in, in some sense. And plus, also working in a law firm, they're very hands-free, so when they, get, when they tell you to do ABC, they just tell you to do ABC. It's up to you to figure out how to do ABC. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but, but, but that's one thing I also learned in a law firm is to get the right search engines to like find your resources because you can't get everything from Google. 
So it's, it depends on like whether you want to go to like Westlaw or to LexisNexis. So it's just different search engines you have to like rely on and to find your answers for. So yeah. um, I love how you were really independent in research. I think I could add value to that in the sense that what I, what I learned in the first three weeks of my internship, how to be independent and how to be able to navigate around and find what you're looking for yourself is the four Bs. And so the four Bs are... It's a system you have like it's okay. First is your brain. So once you get a task, you figure out oh what can I do like or, or with like with my prior experience, is there anything that I could do to address the problem that like in my brain? And second is books. So books is it doesn't necessarily mean books, but it means like for you to search, for you to research, basically research like mm-hmm. Google it, how to da 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 stuff like that. And then the third, if you still can't find it, ask your buddy. So ask your friend who's been through the same thing. Oh, so how did you this this this? Like, did you go through it as well? And if you really can't, uh, like, if you didn't find, or if if you didn't find an answer to that, or even if it really like addresses your problem, then you go to your boss because your boss is definitely like more experienced than you, right? And probably like he was the one who gave you the task as well. <laughs> so yeah, so like you could just you know like oh actually yeah you just refer to him. So those are the four Bs that I think helped me in like becoming more independent in research. Mm-hmm. But I love that Nazira found out like her search tools um in her uh, like on her own and that really helped her like you yeah. know with widening her knowledge as well. And so what about you Shahir? How was it like? I mean that's very corporate, very Love it, <laughs> love it. Very formal, like sort of thing. So, what about you, Shay? Right, so, in a sense of my relationship with my boss, uh, I have a meeting with them, them. Uh, usually <laughs> every alternate day, where we just go and like update our new cases or anything that we're thinking about, any thoughts whatsoever. Yeah, and we also usually have lunch once every two weeks. I would say. Wow, is that yeah. like compulsory? No, it's just, it would be a random day and um. they would just say, hey, uh, uh, do you guys want to go and have lunch today? Then we say, yeah, okay, sure. So it's kind of oh. like an informal, like, hey, okay, let's catch up kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But, yes. sorry, but to an extent, uh, when you guys are working together, it's quite formal that you guys had to, like, check in every, like, day to an extent, right? Yeah, I would say it's quite formal, but I wouldn't say it's, like, an obligation or compulsory in a mm-hmm. sense. It's more of, like... You can go whenever you want, actually. Mm-hmm. It's just that we always try to maximize uh, our efforts in, in the sense of we do everything that we can do. So we actually collect all the questions that we have beforehand. Yeah, and definitely. Just do that once. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it, sometimes it might just be once a week, or uh, for example, in a very hectic week, it might be like three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's my relationship with my boss. Um, in a sense of delegating the task, right? Uh, so like you said, Azira, it's very hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no form of micromanaging in any sort. Uh, what we actually do is we, all of the interns as well as the associates, we will be assigned certain uh, certain cases, for instance. So yeah, and then what happens then is that our, our boss would just give us those cases and it is up to us to decide how or, or who does what whatsoever. So yeah, I think that actually gives you a lot of opportunity to learn because you can choose to do different things every time. So you get a, a little bit of research, a little bit of like, Contacting clients, note-taking, yeah. things like that. Actually, on that point, is there much clarity in like the things that you're being instructed to do? Because what I find to be quite a challenge, like during the summer when I've been doing a lot of student organizations and, and internship stuff, is that the clarity in addressing what needs to be done for that particular individual is sometimes not 
it's not it's not said in a very explicit manner so you just gotta like it's, it's not directly explicit towards you so like they don't say hey you should be doing this particular thing yeah. so do you guys get any explicit instructions as to what you guys need to do in your organization well, definitely, definitely to an extent, the instructions were not very specific. And it's up to you to be responsible enough to see the specific person and to get clarity from them. Mm. Yeah, That's interesting because like for me, I work like a, in, an, like a, in an NGO, right? So every time like a meeting happens and there are things, obviously there are next steps to the meeting, right? meeting, right? They call out clearly who does what. Like, for example, okay, we're talking about, um, let's say, building a house. Okay, so in building a house, these are the steps that we have to do. And they call out clearly, okay, so this will be under this department, who will do this kind of thing. So I think in that sense, where I work, clarity is super important. And you could, it is, is, is something that is practiced and like very much focused on. Yeah, so relating to... Like, you know, I think something that I learned from all your experiences is how I, I admire how much ownership you take on to like what you do and the tasks that are given to you, especially since Shahi mentioned there is no micromanaging, right? Mm. So I think there's so much like independence in it. And like, I think you really take the ownership into like in like the amount of agency you have of what you did was something that I, I personally admire. And in that sense, in a wider sense, I think, like something that we also have to take ownership of is probably our objectives like oh why are you actually doing this and it helps you you know make decisions as to oh where like how are you going to get there mm-hmm. so this relates to like i just want to know what is your end goal to it like like among all these things that you took like the initiative the, the initiative to do and stuff what was it that you were hoping to get out of it well, that's a hard one. <laughs> Where am I hoping to get out? I literally gave you the structure of the conversation <laughs> a month ago. Well, my, my end goal, like, the, the outcome of my internship, I wanted, what I wanted to find out was basically, I wanted to debunk my own myth, as I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. about the fear culture mm. in law firms, right? So I feel like the only way I could debunk my own myth is actually experiencing it and to actually go and work in a law firm in a corporate law firm to prove to yourself yeah it's basically to prove mm-hmm. to myself that hey you're right or hey you're wrong right so like because I feel like if you want to make mistakes you do it now yeah. when you're an intern so that when you when you so, so that after you graduate you don't you know you don't make these like big like mistakes by like working in something that you don't feel passionate for oh yeah definitely. you get what I mean yeah yeah so to an extent what I wanted to learn is whether I'm suitable enough for a corporate law firm well, question of the year: it, Is Nazira suitable for a corporate law firm? Breaking. Well, initially, I hated the 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 idea of a corporate law firm because I didn't. I hated the fear culture surrounding it. I hated stress. That's the first thing. So, like, um, after working, I was like, "Hey, it's not that bad after all." So, I really don't mind working in a corporate law firm now. If that, if there is like, if that's what I'm gonna do in the so future. So, keeping your options open. Yeah, right definitely. Now. This is definitely an option to do. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Shai? Well, I think for me. My personal issue is that it stems more than just whether I'm actually suitable to work in a corporate law firm or anything that's legally related. Oh my god, same. To an extent also. Wait a minute, that contradicts everything that you said. (laughs) So I find myself questioning, am I in the right course? Is law the course for me? You know, things like that. So I I guess, similar to Nazar's experience, the only way to actually know for sure is actually to dive into Mm -hmm. the legal sector. And now my conclusion is that 
not so bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay. Yeah, I, I I give it a shot for now. You know, especially like for you who worked in like a non-profit. How has your degree of empathy or your degree of like social awareness changed throughout? Wow, um, one deep say, question. <laughs> I would say it's life changing, honestly, <laughs> because there are actually many issues that we do not realize people out there are facing. You know, it might be something as as simple as having an IC or being able to walk around freely without the fear of being arrested at any any point of time of the day, right? So yeah, just realizing that there are so many other issues out there and these issues stem from our own... Different our own incompetencies. incompetencies. Different yeah. levels of com- incompetencies yeah. in different systems, I think. I definitely don't think that like one person has to take the blame for it all. I think it's just layers and layers of gaps. True. 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 Yeah, that's very true. Mm. Like relating to that, right? What about you, Naz? Like, how? What? What was like a like a mindset or something that changed you throughout the internship? Like to an extent, Shai is like with this like social change. Well, it, but but in like true, corporate law firms, it's just like you're just accountable to your clients, you know. So whatever oh. you do, your clients are paying you, and you have to like take that into account. Oh. You know, they're paying you big money to do your job, so you have to do your job. My god, yeah. I think that's such a big difference as well. Like once you put it like that, I I can see clearly, you know, like the wow, the difference. I mean, not I mean, there's no right or wrong to it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something I think people should consider when they take an internship. So I'm wondering, like, how is it like different for you, Joan? I mean, it's a remote internship. You're <laughs> working in a you're working in, like a social mm-hmm. impact like industry as well. How is it like? I mean, that? it's all on a voluntary basis, but. What I do... Not only voluntary, bro. <laughs> you're paying yourself. <laughs> but what I do know for a fact is that I have that passion for that particular cause right there. So that kind of drives me, even though it's like... It can, it can get... I do see the flaws in the organization. But at the end of the day, we're all fighting for the same cause. Mm-hmm. And knowing that we're all fighting for that particular cause... Uh, clause? Cause. Cause. <laughs> the legal PTSD. <laughs> Nazira is shaking. <laughs> yeah, like just this cause that we're all fighting for is on such a global scale that I just think that it doesn't really... Well, it would be nice if we were paid for it. But at yeah. the same time, we're doing something for the greater good. So I think... Yeah. At the end, yeah. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so across all the things that you have, across all the things that you have experienced and you have learned, and you know all these, you know, like on this experience of growth, <laughs> on this <laughs> journey of personal development, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's either okay. You could, I think you could approach the next que- like my question for this in two ways: either what you wish you knew, or what you wish other people would know. But the umbrella is. Your what advice. advice would you give to future interns? Check the price packages <laughs> <laughs> on the website. It's there. You just gotta find it. It's there. <laughs> find it. <laughs> um, I'd say my advice for like future interns is, as I mentioned earlier, is to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, make as much mistakes as you can now as an intern rather than when you're an associate or a partner because when you are higher up in the ladder like your mistakes are actually costly to your clients and I would say if you're planning an internship as a student don't be too like narrow-minded and thinking you have to do something that's related to your degree oh yeah you get me like when I was like in first year I was like oh my god I have to get like a legal internship I'm like no like I was like I was talking to my lecturer about it and he was like I was asking him like what was his biggest like 
mistake he did when he was in um in his uni years and he said one of his mistakes was he didn't do something that's non-law and then like so far so far for my first year what i did was i went to kenya Wow. Yeah, it's okay. the experience for me. <laughs> yeah, so that I think is what differentiates you from another law student. You get me? Because all law students are gonna get a legal internship one way or another. Yeah, but not Kenya. But not Kenya. <laughs> like you didn't yeah, go to yeah. a third world country, did you? Yeah, because like I'm I'm personal like friends with Nazira as well, and I think the stories that she like came back with, uh, like from Kenya, was so inspiring. Not only was it inspiring, but like. Because like it was on like uh, sexual sexual education mm-hmm. and gender violence, yeah. right? It's so it was something that I learned from as well. Like it it wasn't just her. She definitely relayed the message and the things that she learned from the experience to er- those around her. And I think that is a value that you added mm-hmm. to those around you. And don't be mistaken that if you go do volunteering, you won't get any like skills. Oh, well, you yeah. definitely get transferable skills from like volunteering. That will be that will add so much value to your CV. So don't be so like narrow-minded thinking I have to get an internship, black and white internship. Law, you know, like law, law internship, like from the biggest law firm in Malaysia. No, that's not that's not how it works. You know, like yeah. like now people look to like they they want to differentiate you from other people. So you got to like diversify yourself and you got to think on how to do that. Mm. Really think as much as to your own passion as well. You know, mm. yeah. I love how you were so reflective of your not only just this. Particular internship experience But also all the internships You garnered since first year So yeah Thank you for that How about you Shahir? Well I think Based on what Nazira said right Like the idea that we have to Get a very good internship At some big corporate law firm I think most of it stems from the idea That during our uni years We have constantly been indoctrinated by these ideas of having commercial awareness and whatnot, you know? Yeah, so yeah. In that sense, you would automatically think to apply for, like, these corporate law firms and whatnot yeah. for internships. Not only, like, think, but peer, like, pressure yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah, so I think, yeah, we should, of course, we should definitely not limit ourselves to these, in, uh, to these sorts of corporate law firms because, for example, if you're taking law, Law applies to every minute detail of our lives, you know? It could be anything as simple as your rights or the things that you can or cannot do to all the way up to, do, to like, corporate law firms and deeds and grunts and contract and all that. So, yeah, even if... So, if you're taking law and you feel like, you know, the corporate world isn't for you, I can assure you that there is definitely a place for you out there in the legal sector regardless of your interests and your passion. And you just have to take the time to discover it, you know? Gotta make those mistakes. Yeah. My God, I resonated so much. Okay, not I res. I'm not. I'm not, and I'm not saying this just for the podcast. I think that's definitely something that I struggled with as well. Being like, you know, having to carve yourself out to feel that like, like that cookie cutter version of a perfect corporate, you know, corporate legal student kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think that that was so much pressure that I put on me personally for that. So thank you for sharing that, Shai. I felt it definitely felt like I wasn't alone in this. <laughs> so much, so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So that comes to the end of our episode, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Wait to end it all out. Let's say it together. Period. Period. <laughs>